When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and before we get to the interview, I just wanted to reach out and make sure you knew how valuable ratings and reviews on iTunes are to the success of this pod. So if you enjoy these, head over there and let me know. I'd really appreciate it. And thanks for being in the conversation. What happens if you don't make the opening night roster of an NBA team? How does four years in college prepare you for the NBA? What really happened when some Rockets stormed the Clippers' locker room? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today, I am pleased to bring on the show Ty Wallace of the LA Clippers. And Ty, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today and talking some hoops. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No worries. And, you know, I just kind of want to hear your view on how this all played out because you joined the Clippers six games ago and are doing really, really well in a, you know, so quickly. Uh, You you had a chance to make the Clippers early in the season. Can you just walk us through like what happened there and why you weren't on the opening night roster? Yeah. So, um, you know, to start the season, uh, you know, I I went to camp with the Clippers and um, I thought I played really well. Some guys went down and Doc gave us the opportunity as young guys to get a lot of minutes early. And um, I thought I took advantage of it and played well. But, um, you know, they the coaching staff and the the people in the front office met and they decided that they were going to keep CJ from preseason, uh, who's been playing really well as well. And so my mindset, you know, was just to pick up from where I I left off at in preseason and, you know, to keep working on my game and to go into G League and to continue to prove that I could, uh, you know, that I could play in the NBA. And so uh, my mindset was just every game I had to go out there and prove that I, you know, that I deserve to play up here. And so that's what I feel like I kind of did. You know, I started off the G League season really, really strong. Um, I played well and then, you know, it opened up the opportunity for me to to move up. And, and now, you know, I'm receiving uh, quality minutes with the Clippers up here and playing well. So it's, it's been a great journey. And I suppose that they would you probably if you were coaching somebody or, or, or helping somebody in your situation like that, uh, what would you tell them? Like, like it would be easy for you to be angry. Right. And get really down and despondent. Uh, it doesn't sound like you did that. You just use this as an opportunity, right? So what would you tell somebody else in that situation if they felt like my career is now over, I didn't make the opening night roster? What would you tell them? Man, I would just tell them to stay level-headed, you know, um, stay confident in themselves. Um, you know, sometimes things don't go your way, um, you know, and everything, I believe everything happens for a reason, you know. Um, it, it didn't happen then earlier in the season, so I, I felt like, you know, God was getting me prepared for this moment right now where I'm able to come in and contribute now. So, um, you know, you never know what, you know, what will happen down the road as long as you keep on working hard, um, you know, you keep your confidence and, and you um, work on your game, you work on your craft. For sure. Now, in college, you played point guard, so you were used to having the ball in your hand and directing the offense a lot. Coming now to the Clippers, where there's a lot of ball handlers, you know, very, very good ones uh, from at, at every position almost, how much of an adjustment has that been to be more off the ball and almost more like a traditional two-guard? 
Yeah, it's definitely been an adjustment. Um, you know, the whole G League season and in college, my last couple years, I you know I was on the ball, I was a point guard, um, so I had the ball in my hand majority of the time. And um, coming up with the Clippers, you know, we have, you know, Milos, Lou, we have point guards, Juwan, you know, and and my size enables me to play on the wing more. And so I, you know, I'm just glad to help wherever I can. And um, I come in and play, you know, the two or the three, depending on who we're playing and what lineup we have in the game. And sometimes Doc throws me at the one and I get to run the offense as well. So, you know, I'm doing a little bit of everything right now, but I'm just trying to take advantage of my opportunity and the minutes that I've been uh, given. And, you know, whether that's playing off the ball or on the ball, um, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just trying to help. And, you know, I'm used to playing off the ball as well. I've, I've done it at, you know, at every level um, for, for certain certain moments and spurts. And so it's, you know, it's I'm used to it. For sure. Now, defensively, you almost have an advantage because you can. You look like you can guard you know, the smaller point guards as well or the bigger guys even up to maybe. Like, would you be able to switch out and play small ball four, do you feel like, or is that not quite what you, uh, you're you ready for yet? Um, I mean, you know, I would definitely try to do whatever, you know, I'm asking. <laughs> um, you know, if they wanted me to get out there and, and guard the four, um, then I, I'm pretty sure I could and I would do my best to do that. Um, you know, but I would say definitely with smaller lineups who play – perimeter fours or uh you know pick and pop fours i think i can get out there and, and guard those guys um mm-hmm. you know but i know that for sure i can guard one through three um and then i even sometimes switch on the four and the fives you know depending on our game plan so i wouldn't say that i would primarily you know guard a four or five you know for a whole game but mm-hmm. um I can definitely guard those guys for, you know, a couple possessions here and there when we're switching and doing those sorts of things. So it's just, you know, the versatility, I think it helps the team and uh, it it makes me a, you know, more valuable player per se. So um, it's definitely a strength. Well, that's what stands out when you're watching you on the court so far is the defensive intensity that you have and the ability to, yeah, to switch and guard bigger players. You have freakishly long arms. Like I think your wingspan is like, what, 6'10"? Is that right? Yeah, six ten, six eleven, somewhere around there. Right. I mean, that's you know, is that like a thing? Are you the only person in your family, or is that like a thing you know that everyone has in, in your family? Long arms. Um. Yeah, I'm actually like the the tallest person. I would say my family. I know my dad's side. They have um, you know, some height. Uh, but my dad's not really too tall. My dad's about six two, six you know, six two, six three maybe. Uh-huh. Um. And my mom's not really tall either. So, I, you know, I, it's just a gift, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because it helps you. And we saw, you know, you're, you're actually blocking a lot of shots now. And it really feels like that extra, you know, four or five inches of, of arm length really, really helps you, makes you taller. And basically, you can play like a bigger player. Um, has that always been a thing for you defensively that you you find that mindset? Or is this somewhat, somewhat of a new thing to, to come out and really try and shut the other guy down? Uh, yeah, it's something that I've always been taught, you know, since I was – you know, fourth, fifth grade playing with local, you know, AAU back home in Bakersfield and all the way up into high school, college. Um, you know, it's just they my coaches have always instilled defense um, in us. And, you know, that's always a way to stay on the floor. You know, if you're playing good defense and you can impact the game on, the, on that side of the floor, you know, you're going to get minutes. And, um, you know, offense is, is a plus, obviously, to be able to make shots and and get downhill the rim. But um, defense is definitely something that I take pride in and something that I've always been, you know, taught that is important. Awesome. And I think you're right. I think it seems like to, to be able to have that instilled in you, obviously the earlier the better. Um, and I feel like it's hard maybe as you get older to learn uh, how to really give out like that uh, if you don't get it taught to it early. So you're very lucky that you got that. And it's not too late if cooking at home wasn't instilled in you early in your life. 
Let Blue Apron help you cook fantastic meals in your own kitchen. They're the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country with completely flexible menus that will fit you and your family's tastes. I just cooked beef and mushroom stroganoff with buttered egg noodles and kale, and my family voted it the best meal yet. My wife and I cooked together, and we had a great time sharing the duties of chopping and stirring and laughing. Everything comes in perfectly measured quantities designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team of all-stars. Well, they're certainly all-stars to me, and I know you'll agree if you try them out by going to blueapron.com slash coachnick and getting 30 bucks off your first order. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off your first order by going to blueapron.com slash coachnick. Ignore Pod Save America's code and anyone else's. Use mine and find out why Blue Apron is a better way to cook. Uh, is this? A, is, do you feel like this is a homecoming for you? Coming up, growing up in Bakersfield and now playing in LA. Is that? Is that? Or is that too far away for you? No, I, um, it definitely, in a way, feels like a homecoming. You know, I've been having you know tremendous support from you know my my family, my friends, and just people from Bakersfield in general. You know, even if I know them or not, um, you know, guys have been reaching out. Um, I've had several people at the games you know i think every game i've had at least you know whether it be family friends or you know you name it i've had people at every game and so um you know it's two about two hours away so it's an easy drive and you know everybody wants to come up support and I, i'm really appreciative of that do you feel like the skills that you have now like could you have come out after your freshman year and done what you're doing now in the nba no i don't think so um you know Guys come out of freshman year, whether they're ready or not, you know, that's up to them, up to them to decide. I think um, my freshman year, I was, you know, I was really raw. I still had to work on some things. And I think college enabled me to do that, um, you know, and I think over the course of my college career, I got better each and every year. Um, now, my junior year, I was after my junior year, I thought about coming out and leaving um, and I had a really, really good year. But I decided, you know, I went to come back and finish and get my degree, um, you know, that. And so. You know, I probably could have left after my junior year, but I, you know, I have no regrets. I got, I got my degree. I came. I still got drafted. You know, dream come true to hear your name called on draft night. And, uh, you know, now I'm here with the Clippers and, and receiving minutes. So I, I definitely wouldn't change anything. Well, you know, you're, you're kind of following in the, in the footsteps of another Pac-12 player that got drafted in the 60th spot uh, in the draft. If you, do you know who I'm talking about? I would assume Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember Isaiah was picked in the 60th, and he played. He didn't graduate, but I know. I think he played at least two or three years. Uh, and I, and I, I'm always interested to talk to people who play multiple years or even four years and get their degree, which is really rare, uh, to, to sort of get the handle on. You know, it seems like there's a stigma attached to a lot of upperclassmen just because they didn't come out after their freshman year, they weren't ready or whatever the reason is. But in my mind, whenever I watch the good teams – right, who need to draft players later in the first round, whatever, who are the players that are ready to help them right away? It's the guys that played in college for a while, whereas the, you know, the projects you never know. Do you feel me? Isn't that like an interesting thing where, by the way, so let me ask you the question. Does it feel like there's a stigma like, ah, oh, he's a senior. I don't want to draft him. Does it, does, yeah. Can you feel that in the room? I definitely, I definitely feel that. You're 100% correct about that. Um, I think my junior year, part of the reason for me, you know, being ready to come out after my junior season was because, uh, you know, they were in my ear about, you know, if you come back, you'll be a senior and the percentage of seniors that 
was um, I had to kind of pay attention to. Um, and, you know, but I do agree that the guys that are that have played in college basketball for multiple years are definitely more seasoned. I would say they have a little bit more experience under their belt. So they're able to come in and understand, you know, uh, defensive rotations or, um, you know, I think they just understand the game a little bit more just because they've they've played it at a, at a higher level for longer um, then per se, you know, someone who's one and done and, and younger, you still have to, you know, really learn a lot. So um, I think there's pros and cons to both. Um, but I, I do think that the draft focuses on younger prospects um, when I think some of the guys that are, you know, upperclassmen are extremely talented and, you know, they kind of get an unfair shake because of their, their older per se, or they, they feel like the league feel like they've already reached their maximum potential. For sure. Well, For luckily sure. we we have the G League, so you can. There's an opportunity if it doesn't work out right away. Um, tell me, is the G League as good as D1 basketball? Is it better than D1 basketball? What what level is that when you're playing there? Um, I always tell people that the the G League or just professional sports in, in college is extremely different. Um, there's, you know, just the the rules, the way the game is played, the coverages. Um, it's just so many things that are that are different. You know, in college you have no defensive three. So you got, you know, you could pack the paint. Um, and, you know, they call they call you, they don't allow you to be as physical in college basketball as you can in a professional game. Um, so there's just a lot of different things that go into uh, professional sports that, you know, that differ from college basketball. So I would say they're different. Um, I, I couldn't really compare and tell you like that the pros is, easier um but i think depending on your playing style is how you could determine that you know uh if you somebody who likes to get downhill and like to attack and be real physical then i would say you know maybe the professional game could uh you know pan out for you better <laughs> you know the spacing right. floor there's not as much help defensive three i think that can enable you to be have more have more success um in the college game if you're a little bit more finesse um, you know, your shooter may be, uh, you know, it's just, it's just different. Let's take a quick break to let you know that the B-Ball Breakdown store is up and running, where you can buy all of my on-court demos, whether you want to improve as a player or a coach. Our ever-expanding library will have something for you, so check it out by going to bit.ly slash training. That's bit.ly slash training, otherwise known as a bit.ly link. You in? But is it, is it safe to say that, like, it, when you got the G League, like, the talent level was a lot better? Is that – could you say that? Yeah, I would definitely say that the athleticism, um, the, the you know, just the speed, the strength of, of players um, is is a lot different and, and better than, than I would say in college basketball. Um, there's a lot of a- athletes in professional basketball that can really move and can jump. And so that's an adjustment that I had to make coming from college to professional level. For sure, for sure. Well, you know, okay, I, I got to ask you this because it just came up this week and you can decide how much you want to answer, but you got to tell me what the heck happened in your locker room at the end of that Rockets game. You got to give me, can you give me something about what that was like being in that locker room when that happened? Um, I mean, anything I could tell you, I'm sure you've already read about, you know, uh, we went in the locker room and, you know, a couple of players, they, you know, popped up and tried to come in and, um, you know, from that moment on, it was, wasn't really anything. Security was there and, uh, you know, no, it never went past that. And so, um, you know, we're, we're already moved on from that. You know, we got a big win against Denver. And it, was it heated though? Were people like screaming and yelling or was this sort of like pushing? Like, I can't even figure out what was going on when you said security is there. 
Um, yeah, the security were there just to make sure nothing was happening. They obviously were trying to separate them back to their the, their locker room um, and keep us in our locker room. But it wasn't it wasn't really heated or anything like people were trying to make it. Uh, you know, most guys were trying to even calm the situation down, and it never went anywhere. Um, but we're glad, you know, to be moving past that and, okay. um, you know, <laughs> just got the win against Denver, like I said, and just move on with our season. All right. I mean, but one last question about that. Like, do you, do you have any idea, like, what made them so upset that they needed to come to your locker room? I don't know. Was is that reported that clearly, like what they wanted, why they were, you know, or is that clear to you? I couldn't tell you to this day. I have no idea. You know, um, I, I'm the new guy, you know, <laughs> so I just stay in my place and, uh, you know, I just was sitting there in my, in my chair in my locker room, you know, when, when that went on. Um, and I was actually in the game, so I didn't I didn't really see what happened. Okay, no worries, no worries. It's, uh, it's a re- I don't think it was ever. Have you ever been around a situation like that in your in the past in your in your experience? No, nah, this is my first time, man. First time I've, that, I've, that I've experienced that one. Wow. Well, okay, that's great. So now you can really, you know, you can start checking things off uh, that you can get out of the way now. You don't have to worry about, you know, anybody ever running, rushing the locker room again, I hope. Uh, although, you know, it's funny. I was talking to some NBA guys, and apparently it has happened in the past. Like, you know, they've had interesting things in the tunnels in the back before. So... Uh, who knows what's going to happen. But either way, Ty, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today to discuss some interesting stuff here about how it's going. And uh, again, uh, let me just ask you this. Do you have any specific goals for the season that you want to see happen for you individually by the end of the year? Uh, I haven't set any goals up to this point. You know, um, it's just a dream come true for me to be out there playing and, um, you know, to be receiving 30 minutes, you know, so far I think I've been averaging 30 minutes a game. It's definitely been, um, you know, I'm really appreciative of that. And I feel like Doc trusts me to go out there and play the game the right way. And so uh, I'm just happy to be out there on the floor. And every time I'm out there, I'm trying to make the most of my opportunity and play as well as I can to help the team win. And so, um, you know, with that being said, I've been playing well. So I'm just trying to keep that up and, uh, and see where it gets me. Terrific. Well, as I tell a lot of players when I run across them and, we, and we're talking about stuff, uh, you know, instead of even saying I'm going to try or it'd be nice or I hope, you will. <laughs> you will play as hard as you can. You will get those rotations. You are going to, you know, split your feet and go on the catch. All that stuff. I think it's important. And I feel like uh, even just that little subtle thing kind of really helps, especially when you're just getting there and you're trying to get your feet wet. So I just want to tell you, it's been a real pleasure watching you as you popped up on my radar the last few games. And I know, I know that you will continue on that path. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really great. I hope to have you on again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You got it. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Ty? I'm all the way in, coach. (laughs) 